I, I open Instagram and all I see, I'm like smacked in the face with like healthy births and healthy pregnancies and healthy babies developing and hitting milestones like way before Levi is. And, you know, it's, that's really hard. But then at the same time, like I connect with other families who've been through this stuff and it's like, okay, I know we're not alone, but it really feels like it sometimes. So it's just, it's just so easy to feel like no one around you gets it. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howell, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. I'm excited for the podcast today because we have Shanna from Wellness for the Win on Instagram. She's a dietitian. She's one of our Expecting and Empowered Ambassadors, and she is the mom to two beautiful boys. Shanna, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself before we get started? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I've known you for forever from listening to herself and then connecting through expecting and empowered and all the things. So um, thank you again for for having me here today. Like you said, I'm a boy mama of two. Um, I live in Kansas City and my oldest is almost three, which is crazy. And his name is Rhett. And then my son Levi is almost seven months old, who we will be talking about quite a bit today. I am I am a registered dietitian. Um, I started my Instagram and my blog wellness for the win back in like, gosh, 2015. And it was kind of just like a a little hobby at the time. And, you know, sort of like a passion project. And mostly I was sharing like recipes and healthy living tips and things like that. And it's, you know, back then we had no idea what Instagram was going to be, you know, so never in my wildest dreams did I expect it to be a business or such a significant part of my life, but it has really evolved with me over time as I've gone through different seasons of life. And it's cool. You know, I I feel like I've built such an incredible community of mostly women. Um, There are some men who follow me, but uh, mostly like my dad, my brother, (laughs) (laughs) uh, my husband, but, you know, just an incredible community of people who are so supportive and have been, you know, who, who have watched me go through engagement and marriage and miscarriage and pregnancy and postpartum and now what we're going through now, you know, so it's just, it's been really a huge blessing to have the online community that I do have. Um, and I feel like it's, it's helped me a lot in this season. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) I love that. We have a lot of similarities starting blogs way back in 2015 Mm -hmm. and then just going on the Instagram journey. I think we use it really the same in which it's really about the community and the people that of course we're able to help, but also they help us and they enrich for us. And so 
we saw you this year go through a really, really tough year in your personal life. And that started with the birth of your son, Levi. I know the whole expecting an empowered team was just glued to your stories, watching every update that you were giving. And we thought that it'd be really important today to focus this episode on a different type of experience that women go through. And that that is people that have babies that need the NICU. And it was something that wasn't expected for you guys. And we want to make other NICU moms and future NICU moms feel seen and understood. And we're hoping that with your story, we're able to help other people. So I thought that the best place to start would be to talk about what it's like having your baby go to the NICU. For you as a mom, how did you navigate that first week? It was so surreal because like you said, it was completely unexpected. You know, I went into spontaneous labor and you just, you know, you go to the hospital, especially as a second time mom who gave, you know, had a perfectly uneventful, you know, pretty smooth delivery with my first son, vaginal delivery, you know, you just expect everything to go the same, if not better. Right. You know, I actually like now it's, funny, but not, um, looking back, like literally when we were pulling up to the hospital, I had just gotten, uh, an email about like labor positions from one of my other friends who does like pelvic floor stuff. And I was reading it, like thinking about, oh, okay, these are some of the positions I'm going to try this morning. Um, you know, and it's just like, it's just crazy looking back, but yeah, the NICU is definitely something, you know, some people have a diagnosis during pregnancy, so they know to expect that, you know, being a part of their journey. But for us, we were just completely thrown in unexpectedly. And it was, it was very surreal. And I also had an emergency C-section. So I was recovering, you know, physically from that, as well as like emotionally, like what the hell just happened. Right. And my, I was recovering at our birth center and then uh, Levi was taken to a children's hospital that was about 20 minutes away. Um, so Ethan was torn on like, you know, where do I, what do I do? Like, do you want me to be here with you or do you want me to go be with Levi? And I'm like, go be with him, you know? Um, so he was with our child and I was at the hospital. Thankfully my mom was with me. Um, but I, I mean, I didn't get to meet Levi for three days, um, Mm -hmm. because I was in the, you know, we were in completely separate locations. Um, and I was just recovering for, for days. And so that was very surreal too. Oh, not to mention, my birthday was two days after he was born. So I spent my birthday basically bawling all day in the birth center by myself. That was really hard. Uh, I'll never forget my, sorry. (laughs) My mom uh, sent me a video that morning of our toddler uh, singing me happy birthday. And it was just like the least happy birthday (laughs) I've ever had. So that was really hard. Um, so sorry. No, you're totally fine. I was, uh, recovering for three days before I got to meet him. And then with his diagnosis, you know, he had a brain injury at during delivery. And so they do something called cooling where it's kind of like induced hypothermia, where it kind of like brings their body to a low temperature. Um, that's supposed to help with brain healing and kind of just slowing everything down. So you can't like hold them or touch them really. You can touch them, but you, you can't hold them for days. So we didn't get to hold Levi for like five or six days. So that was surreal as well. You know, you're very much in like fight or flight mode. I feel like you're just like in survival mode. And 
you're just like doing it because you don't have a choice. You know, you're just like, you just wake up. And I mean, once I, once I was out of the hospital, we would, it was kind of a blessing and a curse having an older child at home because it forced us to like go home and shower and, you know, have a little bit of like, you know, quote unquote balance. I feel like, you know, I, I have talked to lots of people who their first child was in the NICU and they never, ever left. And I, I get that, you know, if it was Mm -hmm. our first child, I'm sure we would have done the same. Um, but it's, it is really helpful to have a little bit of like separation and just like, you know, breathing the outside air a little bit, but yeah, it's, it is really, really freaking hard. And, you know, you have a lot of hard conversations and again, when you're navigating a diagnosis that is, you know, we were talking before, uh, before we started recording, just like, it's like a wait and see kind of thing. It's like, we don't really, we don't know what his future is going to look like. We don't know how he's going to develop. And that's, that's extremely hard, you know, just thinking again, thinking everything's going to go perfectly fine and everything's going to be great. And it's just not, it's just very hard. And I, I honestly feel like we were in fight or flight. We honestly, we might still be, you know, seven months later, uh, you just like, your life is so changed. Um, you know, some people, some people go to the NICU and and again, this is not to like invalidate anyone's experience, but I envy people who go to the NICU and then their baby goes home and everything's fine because that has not been our experience. Um, you know, it's been a really hard seven months um, and, you know, he's had a lot of complications along the way and challenges and medications and yeah, it's just something that you can, you can honestly never, ever prepare for. Um but I'm very thankful for the people who've gone before us who have given us, you know, pieces of hope uh, to kind of grasp onto. And, but that's, that's still hard. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the people around you during that time. And if we could try to help people that are going through this, like what were the things that your partner did for you, that your mom did for you, that the medical staff did for you? friends and family that might've stepped in? Like, how did you guys feel loved and supported during your challenging time? Yeah, we were honestly so, so lucky to have the, I mean, we, and we still are the, the support system that we have is incredible. Both of our families are in town. So, you know, having grandparents being able to juggle Rhett, you know, picking him up from daycare, taking him to daycare, sleeping over at our house if if they needed to, Um, you know, I would say, for anyone who has a kiddo in the NICU and has other children, the best thing that you can do is help with their other kids because they will need it. Um, or even their dogs, you know, our dogs were here too and they needed to be fed or let out or taken on walks and stuff. So that was really helpful. You know, meals are probably the number one thing. We had so many people send us meals, either like bringing us fresh or frozen stuff to stock our freezer with or DoorDash gift cards is probably one of the most helpful things too. And it honestly still is. Um, because again, when you're navigating something that's ongoing, just that you don't have the time or capacity to cook sometimes, and it's just easy to, to order something. Um, so that's been extremely helpful still gas gift cards. I know a lot of people I've talked to have said that was helpful. We're lucky our, our hospital our where Levi was is about 30 minutes or, away or so. Um, so it could be a lot farther, but it's still, I mean, an hour plus commute with traffic, 
um, every day. So having gas gift cards was helpful. I would say one of the most helpful things with in the hospital that someone actually gave us this tip pretty early on was choosing like primary nurses. So you can like, if you find some nurses that you really connect with and love, then you can, you know, like put them down as a primary. So like anytime they're working, they'll be with you and your kid. And we found that super helpful, not only for us to just like feel comfortable with the people who are caring for us, but also like consistency for Levi, you know, just like people who know, okay, this is like what his baseline is. This is what's normal for him. This is what's maybe different or abnormal. Um, That was super helpful. So having primaries was like a huge, huge help. And, and honestly too, like they're there to take care of your kid, but like they do so much for the parents. It's amazing. Um, And you're a nurse. I, I mean, you, you were, so you know how that goes. They're just, they did so much to help us too. Um, and we were so, so grateful for that. Anything that your partner can do. Gosh, I mean, the first couple of weeks I was in rough shape physically, like, and this is another thing, like no one talks about, or maybe they do, but like, I probably just blocked it out before because I was like, I'm never going to have a C-section, blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't think you'll need one. Um, and then I did. And I was like, oh my God, C-section recovery is no joke. And I don't know, again, this is my only one. So I don't know if like emergency C-section is like more intense to recover from. I don't know, probably just because I was going through so much trauma at the time. Um, my body was just like struggling. I, you know, even was just pushing me around in a wheelchair for probably the first couple of weeks in the hospital, um, at least for long distances. You know, I would try to like because I know walking can help with recovery. So I would try to, you know, at least do short distances. It's a very tricky balance of figuring out, yeah. okay, how much should I move my body? How much should I rest? Because everyone tells you, you know, the more you, the more you walk, the more, you know, the better you'll feel. But then sometimes the more you walk, you freaking hurt. <laughs> like by the end of the day, you're like, I can barely move and I want to cry. So that, that was a tricky balance. So yeah, Ethan, you know, pushing me around in the wheelchair was helpful and, you know, bringing me things as much as possible. And, and again, you know, family helping. So I didn't have to pick up Rhett all the time, you know, cause he, you know, how do you explain to your two and a half year old, all of a sudden I can't pick you up, sweetie. Like, I'm sorry. Um, so that was really hard too. Another thing that I should have had Ethan do more was washing my pump parts. Um, cause I was pumping, you know, exclusively pumping for the first five weeks and, But in a way, I feel like that was like one thing that I could control. So I like did it all, you know, obviously the pumping is all me, but like I was even washing the parts every time myself and, you know, going to like sanitize the parts all the time because it was just like, it just kind of became part of my like daily Nikki routine was just doing those things. So those are some of the most helpful things, but, and really, I mean, just check, checking in and reaching out and that's a hard balance too, because it's like. Sometimes it gets really overwhelming and you don't, you're like, holy shit, I have 5 million text messages and I don't want to respond. And, um, you know, especially if it's like a bad, hard day, you don't really want to answer sometimes. But, you know, if you have a friend who's in the NICU, keep checking in on them and just don't take it personally if they don't respond um, because they probably see it and appreciate it, but they may not have the capacity to reply and that's okay. Absolutely. I always think that like when someone's going through a hard time, it's really hard to know what to say, but just saying something and then not expecting anything back is like, all all we can do. I know that you were so busy at that time. Like you were recovering yourself. You had a two and a half year old at home. You have this baby in the NICU. 
was there anything that you did to take care of yourself? I mean, I'm sure it just had to be like bare bones basic, yeah. but we, the, the business that both you and I are in is like, we do want women even during extremely hard times to try to take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. Again, you know, it was kind of a blessing having Rhett at home because it did force us to have some of that balance and taking care of ourselves and like, you know, just taking a shower every morning was yeah. something that would help, even if it was a level one shower, as I call them, you know, just a body wash. Um, I also put on makeup before we went to the NICU every day, which seems probably so silly. And like, even, I mean, I'm someone who I've worked from home for years, so I like rarely wear makeup. And, you know, then all of a sudden when we were in the NICU, I was like, this is one thing that I can do to feel a little bit more human. And so I'm going to do that. And you know, so again, like going from like never wearing makeup to like my child's in the hospital and I'm putting makeup on, this seems weird, but it just made me feel better. Um, again, there were, there were so few things that I could control during that time that it was just like, that was one little thing I could do to just feel a little bit better. And we would go home. We would, you know, our routine was we would wake up in the morning, have a like normal morning with Rhett, take Rhett to daycare. And Ethan and I would go to the hospital together And, you know, we would spend the entire day there with Levi and then we would leave around, you know, 430 or something to go pick Rhett up from daycare, have dinner with him, put him down for bed and have like, you know, try to keep his life as normal as possible. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, I would stay longer um, myself and, you know, still still just trying to like find a balance of you know, spending time with both kids. It's just, that was the first time ever that I'd been, I'd felt so divided and so split. And my heart was literally in two places. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Um, but, but that was helpful. It was just like going home, having time with Rhett, like kind of, you just like kind of have to compartmentalize a little bit. Like we would have evenings with Rhett where, you know, (laughs) I just remember like, we would like play outside and, you know, Rhett would like make us laugh and we just needed that so bad. Um, and I just like, I've said it so many times. I feel like Rhett has like saved my life during this time. Just like having him, um, you know, bringing us so much joy when it's like so hard and so dark. Um, he's, he's been a godsend. So uh, that was huge, you know, having some balance and having some time with, with people that make you happy or can make you laugh, even when you don't want to laugh. (laughs) That was huge. Um, Another thing that, you know, I didn't necessarily do for myself, but that I felt was helpful. Again, as someone who had a really positive breastfeeding experience the first time, pumping was one thing that I could control as well. And, you know, something that I could do for Levi when there was so much I couldn't do for him, you know, so that was something that was really really helpful for me, just mentally feeling like I was just, you know, at least I'm giving him nutrition, you know, and thankfully I had a huge oversupply (laughs) in the beginning because I'm still, I'm still using my frozen stash from the NICU. So that was, that was a blessing too. I'm sitting here crying with you because (laughs) it's just, it's, you know, you can put yourself in those shoes, of course, not Exactly. But just thinking about how hard that would be. So we're hoping that if you're in this situation that you can understand that you aren't alone in those really torn feelings and how hard it has been. 
I'm wondering, so the NICU is brand new to you guys and we know that. So I'm sure a lot of things were new, but was there anything that really surprised you about the process or having a newborn in the NICU? I think probably a lot of things. Gosh. I mean, again, just the fact that we were there period was surprising. You know, we were just, it was just so completely unexpected and, you know, it was a world that we had never navigated and something. And again, it's one of those things that like, if it's never happened to you, you know, we're, we're all guilty of that kind of like blocking out experiences that like, that don't relate to us or something, you know, cause it's like, Oh, I, I'm not going to ever have to worry about that. And so it's just, it's just all new. And, but you know, you, you kind of get in like this weird routine in the hospital of, you know, again, I kind of walked you through like a typical day for us. And then you figure out, okay, this is when rounds are. And this is when like PT comes and OT. And like, you just have like, you kind of get like into a schedule. And, and honestly, I mean, I mean, again, we, we were so grateful for all the providers when we were there and people who just like, another thing, this is kind of random, but something that really stuck out to us And that I still think about all the time is like when we were in the NICU, when people would come in to like talk to us about Levi, they would like know his name and they would refer to him by name, like with no hesitation. They wouldn't be like in blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like searching their paper to be like, oh, and Levi, you know, like they knew his name when they walked in the door. And like that just, it may seem like such a little thing, but like that goes such a long way when like you, you just want to know that your baby is in good hands. Um, and it just like makes you feel good when they know your kid's name. So, um, I'm sure a lot of other moms can kind of relate to that feeling. Gosh, what else was surprising? (sighs) I don't even know. Just, just the whole, the whole experience was just, again, it was just so surreal and so, so fight or flight. And you just, you amaze yourself with how, how you handle it and how strong you become, you know, and, and that, that was something that like sometimes would make me mad when people were like, you're so strong. And I'm like, I have no choice. Like Mm -hmm. I am just surviving and showing up for my baby every day because like everyone would, you know, and like, yeah, in hindsight, I was strong, but it's just like, yeah, it's hard when, when you have no choice, you're just thrown into the situation and you're like, well, I'm just doing what I have to do. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. This podcast is sponsored by the Expecting and Empowered app, the only program that you need to recover from your cesarean birth. Thousands of women across the world are using the Expecting and Empowered app to take the guesswork out of how to care for their C-section scar, their core, and healing their body from the birth of their baby. If you're ready to reclaim your fitness routine in motherhood, this app is for you. Join the Expecting and Empowered app today and use the promo code PODCAST25 to save 25% off your first month or a year of the app. That brings your subscription down to just $10 a month when you sign up for the year. You can visit app.expectingandempowered.com to sign up today. We'll also have that link in the show notes and we will see you in the app. Now back to our show. Your job is to be a dietitian, and I did, like I told you before we started, I followed you very closely during this whole experience, still do. 
And we do know that food pics do make it into your Instagram story and fueling <laughs> yourself is so important to, to feeling the best you can in whatever situation you're in. So we know it's insignificant to talk about fueling the mom, but at the same time, it kind of isn't like you were providing him nutrition. You needed to be a parent to another small child. Can you talk about how you tried to keep yourself fueled while all this was going on? And if you picked up any tips that you could share? Yeah, it was, it was such an interesting time because yeah, as a dietitian, like knowing how important it is to nourish yourself, especially postpartum, especially recovering from a, an extreme surgery while also navigating trauma and grief and having no appetite because you're so anxious and like feeling nauseous 24 seven, because you're so anxious. It was a really tricky balance of figuring out, okay, how can I fuel my body while I'm like just surviving? Um, so it was, it was definitely hard. I, again, thankfully, since we did come home every day, I, you know, I tried to be consistent about having a breakfast, like starting the day with a good breakfast that had a little bit of protein that would sustain me for a bit that was helpful. And again, you know, I was pumping around the clock at that time. So on the days when I did have an appetite, I was hungry, you know, so making sure I was having snacks or whatever. Um, one thing again, that was really helpful with, in terms of like people bringing us stuff was when people made us like easy breakfast options that were like on the go, like breakfast burritos, or even like English muff, like someone made us homemade English muffins that were so freaking good. Um, so You're just like, like still things, thinking about those. <laughs> yeah. So things that I could like make and like eat in the car or something like that was helpful. Um, just so I'm like, I was fueling myself, but not feeling like it was something that required a lot of energy or like thought from me. And like, you know, if you're a NICU mom giving yourself so much grace and not like expecting yourself to look like, you know, eating these perfectly healthy balanced meals. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you just need calories, period. Whatever's easy, whatever's quick, that's okay. Um, so I would say, you know, just, just rely on easy stuff and don't like stress over it. Um, another thing that was wonderful was I got meal vouchers as a breastfeeding mom. So we got like free meals at the hospital. So that was something like Ethan and I would like try to intentionally like go grab lunch together every single day at the hospital. And that would kind of like break up our day a little bit and force us to like get outside. Maybe like we would seek out like a patio to sit on and just like try to have normal conversation for a hot second, you know, and be together outside of like the beeps and stuff. Um, so that was really nice. I think most importantly, staying hydrated is a big thing, like drinking plenty of water. Like I, I talked to a lot of C-section moms who also said that they were super swollen in the beginning. I was like so puffy for the first week or two. Um, and I know obviously like, you know, you need to make sure you're staying on top of your blood pressure and stuff. And there's not like issues there, but I was so swollen. I was like propping my feet up for the whole first week and like drinking liquid IV because I was so just so swollen. Um, so I would say making sure you're drinking plenty of fluids is a big one. And again, that kind of became part of my routine too, where it was like, I, when I was challenging myself to like get a little bit more movement and more walking in each day as I was recovering, that was like a good excuse for me to like get a small bout of exercise by like going to the drinking, you know, the ice water machine, um, to fill up my water and, you know, challenging myself to drink so many things of water a day. And that was helpful too. So I would say fluids are a huge one, you know, whether it's water or, you know, unsweetened beverages, ideally. <laughs> um, but you know, and, and just as much balance as you can, 
um, in your meals and, and really protein would be such a, a big one, especially when you're recovering from, if you're, you know, recovering from surgery, especially, um, protein is big. So just doing your best to get calories, protein, you know, fueling your body again, even if it's relying on like random snacks, like one of my favorite snacks for breastfeeding and pumping always, even since Rhett was born is like pretzel nuggets, like the little peanut butter filled pretzels. <laughs> they're just an easy, like portable snack that are, they're super satisfying and provide a little bit of substance. Those would be my, my nutrition tips for um, NICU moms who have a lot going on and just need some easy stuff. <laughs> I love those because a lot of them were just so approachable. It's like, this is not the time you're going to have picture perfect meals, right? but this is the time where your body still really matters. Mm -hmm. And obviously we understand as you've spoken about the anxiety piece that really can come with it and how that really decreases appetite, but trying to get some nutrition into your body is going to be helpful. Yeah, Absolutely. We've touched on this throughout the interview, but Levi is your second child, which means that you had a kid at home during all of these challenges. We know, and we've heard from our community that that can be a really challenging thing, whether the mom has a C-section with her second. And we know that there's that recovery period where she can't be the same mom that she was just prior to having the baby. And for you, even more challenging with the NICU stay and the time that you had to spend away. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? And if someone does have another kid at home, any tips that you've picked up along the way? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was such a hard thing for me because even during my pregnancy, I talked a lot about how I was just nervous about the transition to having another kid period because Rhett has always been a huge mama's boy and like always wanted mama and, you know, like he loves Ethan too, of course, but like, if he had to choose, he would choose mama every time. Right. And so that was like, you know, something I was already stressed about. And then I was like taken away from him, like, you know, just had to be absent quite a bit. And I just, a lot of people helped me through that. Like my online community really was like, Rhett will be okay. Like toddlers are so resilient and And they're so in the moment too. And like, as moms, we always like guilt ourselves over things that like our kids don't even think twice about, you know? And so I had to remind myself and like, this is something that my mom said a lot when I was like, I feel like I need to go home. I feel like I need to be with Rhett. And she's like, Levi needs you more right now than Rhett does, you know? And, and I was like, she's right. You know? So like, while it was so hard to like be away from Rhett, like he didn't need me like in that moment as much as Levi did. And so I tried to like, look at it. And this is something that a lot of people told me too, is like, look at this as like a great time for Rhett to bond with other people in your life who love him and that he loves too. And, and it really was like, looking back, like he had so much fun with his grandparents and his cousins and aunts and uncles and like people who came to play with him and stay with him. And that was like such a blessing for all of them to like have that special time together, you know? So even though he's always been a huge mama's boy, like he didn't really notice or care that much that I was gone, you know? And like, and they don't hold it against you. You know, it's like, here we are seven months later and we've had multiple hospitalizations and like, you know, Levi has taken us away from Rhett so much, but he doesn't hold it against us. You know, he's not like mad at us or mad at Levi for that. He just, he loves us regardless. And that's toddlers and kids are just amazing. So that would be my biggest thing is just like knowing that 
as hard as it is, just try to like look at that as a as an opportunity for your kid to be loved on by other people. And just know too that they won't remember this probably, depending how old they are, of course. Um, like, you know, Rhett probably won't remember this later in life. Um, you know, right now he does, but just like eventually it's not gonna matter to him and he'll realize, you know, how hard we worked to make him feel loved, make Levi feel loved, you know, like how how much we did for both of them in this really hard season. Remember, you're doing the best you can, juggling so many things and your your older kids are going to be okay. Well, it's like, seems like such a hard thing because you could have guilt either way, like either place you're in, you're like, I have guilt, but it's like, you're only one person. The bonds that moms and dads have with their child are so, so strong. Yeah. Rut knows that you guys love him. Yes. Yes. You're exactly right. Like I would feel guilty if I wasn't at the hospital, I would feel guilty not being at home. And, and I will say too, you know, outside of all the extended family and friends that Rhett got to bond with, it was amazing for him and Ethan too. Like now him and Ethan, I feel like have a really strong relationship through everything we've been through because there's been so many times where I've just had to be with Levi and now him and Rhett, you know, are so close. And I don't know, I feel like Rhett would still be a huge mama's boy if it weren't for that. Um, so it, it has been really good. You know, there's been some silver linings to that. Um, although sometimes I'm like, he doesn't want mama, (laughs) um, you know, it's just different, but, but it's been, it's been really good for their relationship. Absolutely. A little bit ahead of the interview, you and I were chatting about how it is really hard because Levi does have a diagnosis where the future is a little bit unknown and the diagnosis itself was unexpected. Like you guys did not know that this was going to happen during these past seven months and, and maybe more so now that it's been a little bit smoother. I know you guys have been back to the hospital several times. What, in what ways are you able to now support yourself to continue to manage this ongoing medical mom journey that you did not sign up for? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's been, it's been so much. And honestly, the number one thing that has been helpful for me since day one is connecting with other moms who've been through, whether it's this exact diagnosis has been super helpful talking to people whose kids have had the same thing or very similar, um, who can just relate because, you know, as much as people want to be helpful, you know, and like you said, people don't know what to say when they've never been through something like this and that's not their fault. You know, I, I, I've had to remind myself so many times, like people, you just don't, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, people might say the wrong thing sometimes, but they want to say something. And um, so you just have to kind of give people grace for that. But really just like connecting with people who get it has been the most helpful. And, and really, honestly, like, I'm so thankful for Ethan too. Like we have been such a good team because he, he's, I mean, we, we both have our strengths, right? Like I have as a dietitian, you know, I worked clinical a million years ago. Um, so I have kind of like the medical knowledge side of things. And then he's just very like, he's, he's like a finance guy. So he's like very analytical and very like organized. Um, so we've been a great team in terms of like organizing and scheduling and just like the amount of like coordination and crap that goes into this and like phone calls with insurance and like therapies and just, there's so, so much. So having a partner who is supportive and helpful 
along the way is huge. Um, so that's been extremely helpful. Gosh, other things that are helpful. I mean, just having, having like good therapies and stuff in place for him where I feel, again, that's like one thing I can control is like, you know, I, I don't know what his future is going to look like. I don't know what his abilities will be, but at least I know we're doing every freaking thing that we can to set him up for success and to help him thrive. Um, you know, so we have a lot of PT and OT and like, you know, three plus appointments a week, um, you know, and taking him places all the time to, to make sure that we're just like, getting everything looked at. And, you know, like we have a vision appointment this week and two more vision appointments next week. It's like, there's always something. Um, but we're like constantly just like looking into what we can do to support him. Um, so again, it's just like that, like control piece is just feeling like you're, you're doing something, but at the same time, you know, I want to say to other medical parents, like, how exhausting and overwhelming Mm -hmm. it all feels too. Like if there are any appointments that you can take off your plate, do that. Like there was, you know, when we were in the hospital not too long ago and then like we got discharged and that week we had like three appointments or something. And I was like, I got to cancel these because I need to just breathe for a second. Um, You know, so you you just have to like figure out your threshold, (laughs) like what you can handle and what you can't and asking for help, you know, I guess I probably haven't said that yet, but it goes without being said, probably just asking for help because you can't do this alone. Like motherhood in general, you can't do alone, but this kind of motherhood is a whole different ball game and you're going to need help and you're going to need to accept help, whether that's having your mom come over and fold your laundry or, you know, someone vacuuming or doing the dishes or, taking your dog on a walk or coming to hold your baby so you can take a shower for the first time all week, you know, whatever it is, asking for help and accepting help is huge because again, people who don't know what to say or do want to help, but a lot of times they don't know how. Um, so just like let them, you know, if, if they say, you know, do you need anything from the store and you need toilet paper, say, I need toilet paper. Can you please get, get us some toilet paper? You know, like that kind of stuff is, huge. Um, and it helps so much. So just, just ask, ask for help and accept it and know that people want to be there for you. Absolutely. And like we talked about before, you have this online community that you have built up long before any of this happened. I mean, there's been women following you for years and years. And so something like this happens and even for your close friends, and maybe they've never supported someone that has gone through this it, there is that feeling of like, I don't know what to say to her. And so I just wanted to spend the last question talking about this. I know for some of your stories where they were, it it was hard to read because like you just wanted to help, but like I'm in Wisconsin, we're virtual (laughs) friends. Like I really don't know. I can't do much, but I also knew I, I can't solve this for her. I'm not going to say something I'm just going to send her a sweet message. Like I am not going to overstep. I am not going to over say, I'm not going to tell her it's going to be okay. I just want her to know that I am here. So can you give us some examples of things that you really did like to hear during that time? Yeah. And that's such a hard one because it honestly depends on the day and depends on like what stage of grief I'm in because like some days I can hear all the things and I'm like, okay, that's really helpful and encouraging. And then other days it like pisses me off because, you know, because like you said, people are saying it's going to be okay. And I'm like, but is it, is it? Because here we are seven months later and it doesn't feel okay. 
you know, so like, it's been really hard again, you know, there are times where everything is helpful and then other times where it just feels frustrating. And like, I've been so guilty again of like, some days I just want to shut down and shut people out. And mm-hmm. you know, this, this journey can be so like isolating and it, and it's so easy to feel like, you know, I, I open Instagram and all I see, I'm like smacked in the face with like healthy births and healthy pregnancies and healthy babies developing and hitting milestones like way before Levi is. And, you know, it's, that's really hard. But then at the same time, like I connect with other families who've been through this stuff and it's like, okay, I know we're not alone, but it really feels like it sometimes. So it's just, it's just so easy to feel like no one around you gets it. And a lot of times, you know, maybe your immediate circle doesn't get it and, and that's not their fault. And again, like they want to help and they want to do everything that they can. And, um, just like, if you have a friend who's going through this, like, don't, don't take it personally. If they're like, sometimes, like, sometimes I know I'm short with my friends or I may not even respond at all. Or, um, you know, I might say things that they're like, oh, I shouldn't have reached out or something. And it's like, again, that's never been who I am. And like, then there'll be a day where I'm mm-hmm. like, gosh, I, I can't believe like I've acted that way. Um, but it's just really hard when you're trying to just do so many things and you just don't have the capacity for everything. Um, but I would say like, just knowing if you're going through this, like it's okay to grieve for as long as you need to and however you need to, but also like asking for help, whether that's, you know, again, like the examples I talked about, but also like therapy or medication or, um, you know, anything that you might need to, to survive, honestly, because it's just, it's just so hard and, you know, give people again, you know, if any of my friends listen to this, (laughs) I'm sorry for, you know, for sometimes being short and sometimes shutting you out. Um, because yeah, people just don't understand unless they go through it. And, a lot of people have sent me encouragement. Like I've, I've really tried to lean on my faith during this time Mm -hmm. as much as possible. I'm not like a perfect Christian by any means. Um, but I'm also, you know, you have to like turn to something when you're Mm -hmm. in this kind of season. It's like, you have to lean on something, um, like bigger than yourself to like get through it. So people have just like sent us, you know, just, stories with encouragement and hope and, um, or even just like praying for us and that kind of stuff has been really helpful. And again, it just kind of depends on the day, like in my mood and like, what it's just, it's crazy because, you know, I have not been able to keep up with messages at all since he's been born because we've just been getting like, there's the amount of support and love mm. that I get in my inbox, honestly, daily is amazing. Um, but it seems like I always open like the, the messages that I need to see, which is just kind of cool. Um, it's just like a God thing. Sometimes I just open the, the exact message I need that day. Um, but I've just, I've just always been so amazed by the amount of support and people who are showing up for us. You know, I think in a lot of these answers, there is so much self-awareness that you have shared of like, there's days I can't handle the messages and like the, and then paired with that would be the permission not to look at them or not to answer the text message. Like, I think that especially as women, we have grown up with these people pleasing tendencies. And it's like, if this is the one time in our friendship that I can't show up the way that I wish I could, I'm going to give myself permission to do that. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, I have to remember like this isn't forever right now. It kind of feels like it is, but eventually things will feel more quote unquote normal. We'll have a new normal. We already do have a new normal, but I know that I will be able to show up as a better, a better mom for, for Rhett and a better wife and a better friend and a better, a better me for myself too. Like I was just talking this morning about like, gosh, I miss like working out. (laughs) You know, I miss like doing, doing extra stuff. I mean, and working out shouldn't even feel like an extra, but it is, Um, you know, when you're just in a season of like, my life is Levi right now. Um, You know, it's, it's pretty much consumed by appointments and doing things for him. So I can't wait till I get back to doing things for me. It is a long time now, you know, like looking at it like that. And that's extremely challenging. If people want to follow along with you and with Levi's journey, where could they find you? Yes. You can find me on Instagram at wellness for the win. Um, and I also, I do have a blog wellness for the win.com. I have a lot of recipes from my previous life. <laughs> um, again, so maybe someday I'll get back to, to sharing recipes, but in the meantime, I do try to share again, like realistic, healthy meals that you can make it, even in a busy season of life. Um, so kind of like, you know, right now I'll share some of the things that I eat, um, or that our family eats that are just like easy, but also mm-hmm. nutritious at least sometimes. <laughs> so wellness for the win on Instagram. I do have a podcast as well. Um, that I, again, that's something that I would love to get back into, um, when my life allows for it. Um, cause I do love podcasting so much and just this space, you know, you can go so much deeper with people and, you know, even, even more so than Instagram and stories and stuff. Um, so my podcast is wellness for the win podcast. Um, and I have a ton of episodes on there. A lot of them are, kind of motherhood related, sort of like how to care for your health and overall well-being, um, especially as a mom. And I think, you know, your listeners would probably find a lot of uh, value in some of the episodes and, and guests that I've had too. So would love to have them over there as well. Absolutely. You guys, we are going to link everything. And I think I've made it abundantly clear, but we love you so much. And we've just been watching this entire journey. We think it is incredible that you are able to try to help other people during it. And thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope it's helpful. And if anyone listens and they're going through something similar and they want to reach out, please do. And like I said, I can't guarantee (laughs) that I'll see it or respond, (laughs) but I'll try. Um, Or you can always email me. My uh, email as well is for the win at gmail.com. Sometimes people just email me and I'm like, I actually will probably see it if you do that. So um, feel free to to reach out. I'd love to support you or even, you know, just share solidarity um, if you're kind of going through a hard season too. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys like this episode and you know someone that's going to go through a NICU experience, we would love it if you shared it with them. 